Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. We lost one of our St. Louis Public Radio family this week with the sudden death of evening announcer Jerry Rohde. The following program was recorded earlier today. I'm sure many of you recognize that voice of Jerry Rohde. He was 55 years old and had been with the station for more than 30 years, but he had a day job, stockroom manager and safety officer at Washington University's Department of Biology. Wherever he worked, he was popular. Although he was known as sometimes being a little bit quirky, he collected cars, crazy shirts, and it might be said, did not suffer fools gladly. With me to remember Jerry is Mike Schran, the morning edition anchor at St. Louis Public Radio. Aaron Garrity is an administrative assistant in the biology department at Washington University. And Jan McDermott is the purchasing manager in the same department. Thank you all so much for being with us. It's a sad day, although yes. we can take some uh, comfort, I think, in the fact that uh, talking about him brings back some memories that are, that are joyful. joyful. Mike, what, what comes to mind when you think of your former colleague? He was always jovial. He was always happy. He always, even when you could tell like something was weighing him down, he always had this air of he could laugh at anything. In fact, I was, Mary and I, Mary Edwards and I were talking about this, that the last time I had a long conversation with him was when I was pitching during a fun drive and he would come in at seven when I was finishing with Tim Eby on the air and he let up the string of about six jokes in a row. And he just he would tell me one, and then he would go, "Oh wait, one more, one more," and he would tell me another <laughs> one. And I wish we were trying to rack our brain to figure out what that was. But he was a colorful person, both in the way he dressed and who he was as a person. Yeah, bell bottoms. Bell bottoms were a staple, as I understand. Purple paisley bell bottoms, <laughs> yeah. and they went out a long time ago. Jan, what's what's your recollection? What pops to mind? Well. I started working with Jerry 20 years ago on April Fool's Day, and on every anniversary of that, he would send me a huge bouquet of flowers because oh. he, was, he was very kind, he was very funny, and he was a compassionate friend, a dear friend. Aaron? Oh, there are too many things to say about him. He well, had, we'll try to cover as many of them as we can. Oh, yeah. Um, he loved old things, but he was not an old-fashioned person. He mm -hmm. was very progressive, and he touched so many people's lives with his love of humor. and his. He just loved to share things that he liked with other people. Mm -hmm. And he always made you feel special. Um, anyone he met, he could re either remember your name or give you a nickname or remember something special about you. And even people that only met him one time are just so shocked and devastated. Our whole department, everyone is just so saddened. Yeah, the way it happened, I mean, such a, a sudden death, I guess it's still undetermined as to exactly what the cause of death was, but th that had to be uh, just awful for you and, and yours, if you will. It's just been a really sad week at WashU. Are the gender, do you, are you aware of, uh, of services or anything that's going to be happening? No, we're not. Right at this point, we're still trying to determine who's on his insurance and his retirement and who the will. So that's kind of up in the air till we figure that out. Yeah. Well, it, it leaves a big gap, Mike Trent, uh, here in, in our, our staffing, which is obviously going to have to be filled at some point. G give me some other sense of, of uh, Jerry Rohde from your perspective. He was, he was a worker who was always on the job. He was. He was. It stunned me that I think um, in the period of time where I was actually his supervisor here at the station that he only asked off, I can think, the last 20 years, he's asked off maybe a handful of times. 
You know, he asked off to go to a concert or he had to go somewhere and it would be for a day. But in all that time, he would work at the stockroom in the daytime and then he would come here and take a quick nap and then he would get back up at whatever time and get on the air by 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And he did that Monday through Friday every week, day in, day out, year after year. I mean, it was incredibly consistent. Well, one of the things that, uh, that always impressed me about him was the fact that he was German-born and lived there until he was a, a teenager, a little beyond that. And yet here he was working in American radio, and, you know, unless you listened very carefully, you wouldn't know that he was operating in a second language. I had this discussion with someone that back in the day when I started working with him, when we were both on Jazz Till Dawn, that um, we both smoked at the time. And I could tell when Jerry was not smoking or he was trying to quit smoking because his consonants would get harder. And you would hear him go, uh, you're listening to Jazz Till Dawn on <laughs> KWMU. And I was like, oh, Jerry's trying to quit smoking. <laughs> Jan, uh, the fact that he was working at a radio station at night while working over at Washington University during the day, what did the colleagues think of him? Was he a celebrity? Oh, yes, been in radio? yes, yes, he was very much a celebrity, and he had his groupies <laughs> that that listened to him on the radio, and, and yes, he was always a celebrity and very well, very liked at the university. So. Uh, Aaron, what what are your thoughts about that celebrity? Oh, yeah, definitely. Everybody who knew him loved him, and they knew his voice. But we know his voice sort of in a different way because he had his radio voice, but then he had his work at Wash U voice, but he always had this awesome laughter, and sometimes he would yodel in the hallways and make weird pronunciations of your name and just always was fun about it. Mike, I think you'd probably agree with me that everyone who works in radio should be considered a celebrity, don't you think? Um, I'm going <laughs> to. Oh. I'm not going to weigh in on that one. <laughs> Although most of us are not. Most well, you are. are. Uh, well, <laughs> let's move on to something else. Uh, well, I, well, I have a story. I, I barely knew Jerry Rohde. We worked at opposite ends of the clock, and our paths never crossed. But I may have helped teach him English. Because I worked for the American Forces Network during the time when he was growing up, and the story is that his father always had that station on, and that's how Jerry learned his English. So who knows? I may, if so, probably for all the mistakes he ever made, that's my (laughs) that's my fault. We have. I'm going to turn out of some clips that we have. Mary Edwards uh, is our executive producer here, and she knew Jerry since day one because she's been here forever since the station started. But uh, she put together some thoughts with regard to her remembrance and recollection of Jerry Rohde. We've heard a lot this week about how Jerry Rohde was such a fun-loving, easygoing guy who loved big cars, and that is certainly true, but I'd like to talk a minute about the more serious side of Jerry Rohde. When he first arrived for his shift, he was all business. He had to make sure that everything was in order, that he had the rundowns, the promos, check the pronunciations, and he even took the additional step of enlarging the copy for his underwriting announcements because he found the print too small and he just didn't want to make a mistake. He was meticulous about pronunciations and would even go online to see if he could find someone pronouncing an unknown name. It might even be a baseball player or a hockey player so that he'd be absolutely correct when he gave the scores. And speaking of pronunciations, although he had a perfect command of the English language, Occasionally, he was just stymied by the lack of consistency in English. I remember one time the show American Roots, which is spelled R-O-U-T-E-S, and he called it American Routes. And he said, well, what's up with that? And I had to explain to them, well, in English, that word is spelled the same way. We say Route 66, but we say Rural Route Number 2, and there's just no consistency. And he found that baffling. 
Another thing about Jerry that comes as no surprise to anyone who knew him is that he was extremely generous. He had put an expensive addition on his house that resulted in him having what amounted to a fully functioning mechanics garage. And of course, he used it to work on his own cars, but he was very generous in repairing cars for anybody he happened to know who had a need. A friend of mine had an issue with her car, and I was talking to him about it, and he said, well, have her call me. And on the phone, he properly diagnosed the right part, had her purchase it, and then we brought the car over to his house. He installed it and didn't give it a second thought. My friend was very grateful, so she bought him a gift card to his favorite parts store, and he was just taken aback. I didn't want anything. I didn't expect anything and almost seemed insulted by it. I could go on and on, but I will leave it to others to share their stories. All I know is I'm going to really miss hearing Jerry's friendly voice on the air, having my own personal car consultant, but most of all, not having him around anymore to share his wit and wisdom. That's executive producer Mary Edwards of St. Louis Public Radio. So, Jan, uh, he he was not uh, beyond giving gifts to people, but he was taken aback when someone did that for him. Yes, he only liked funny gifts. (laughs) <laughs> Aaron, do you have any car stories with regard to Jerry? Did he ever take you out in one of his, one I of have his cars? Ridden, I've ridden in his cars before. Sometimes, um, like we said, he's very generous with his time and very helpful to people. And I had to get an oil change, and he took me in one of his cars to get the oil change and then brought me back. And it was really fun riding around with him. Jan, how about you? Oh, yeah, I got to ride in the Cordoba. <laughs> Uh, that had the KO menu, the radio station letter call letters on the top, uh-huh. and uh, had his spare tire in the back seat, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. And, and Mike, he would uh, he would park uh, those cars just about any place he felt like parking, right? Yes, absolutely. I remember uh, when we first moved to Umsel at Grand Center that sometimes Jerry would nap at Wash U and then come yes. here. And if he got here, you sometimes don't know. There might be something mm-hmm. at the Sheldon and the Fox all at the same time. And he's, you know, kind of getting here at the last minute. And he parked. And I still remember getting a call going, Jerry's parked in the Commons. Jerry parked his Buick in the Commons. And it was just sitting right out there outside the front door. He just <laughs> rolled up on the sidewalk and parked outside the door. It happened one time. but <laughs> Well, I wonder why it didn't happen a second time. I don't I'm, know. I'm sure somebody must have said, somebody, somebody must have said something. Uh, I'm thinking so. Anything else pop into your mind, uh, Jan, about Jerry that you'd like to mention? Oh, yeah. He, he bought magnetic bullet holes and put them on the vehicle. <laughs> Scared everybody, thought someone had come and shot at the vehicles. Aaron? Yeah, he really loved pranks, and he loved when you would play along with his jokes. He used to have this little ghost that made this noise that he would set it off all the time down the hallway. So one time we kidnapped it and strapped it to a little chair with a ransom note and left a picture of it on his desk, and he just loved it. So many nice stories about Jerry Rohde. We're going to have another recollection and remembrance now from another of his colleagues, afternoon announcer Charlie McDonald, uh, saw Jerry every day as their shifts changed. And uh, this is what he remembers. I feel like I've known Jerry Rohde longer than I actually have because I've been listening to him on uh, the air for so many years. And in actuality, I've only known him for just a little under five years And the first time I met him, it really stands out because I walked into the studio. At the time, I was doing weekends at the radio station. I walk into the studio, and there's this guy wearing a Muppet shirt. 
<laughs> so my first thought was, well, here's a colorful guy, and the shirt he was wearing really looked more like a pajama top. Jerry definitely marched to his own drumbeat, and he was really into music, which uh, f- I think helped create a bond between the two of us. And not surprisingly, he really loved this one song called Hot Rod Lincoln by Commander Cody, as Jerry was such a car buff or motorhead, as some people call them. But one thing that you know kind of flew under the radar with Jerry Rohde was the fact that he was a very kind man. He didn't make a big deal about it. But I was talking to the custodians right after we found out that he had died, and they were very upset. And one of them told me that he used to bring in little treats for them, like deer meat jerky. And what came across was that he was very social with everyone in the building. He didn't care who you were or what your job was. He was going to engage you on some level, and usually in a very humorous way. He liked to come into the studio with a joke, and usually they were groaners, you know, pun-type jokes, but it was just really great that he would do this and lighten the mood right from the get-go, and he's really going to be missed. He was my friend and colleague, and uh, there's just no one else like him. That's St. Louis Public Radio afternoon announcer Charlie McDonald remembering Jerry Rohde. Aaron, let me come back to you. Um, how long did it take you to figure Jerry out? I mean, he was—he did a lot of strange things, and I suppose the first couple of times you saw something unusual, you probably said, what is going on with this guy? You know, I mean, possibly, but I don't even remember. We were fast friends. We got along really well right away. But, you know, it probably did take a few times of his jokes and puns for me to figure him out. Jen, how about you? Well, Jerry and I had a good relationship from day one, and and he respected that I told him how it was, and and he was always he was a great person. I'll really miss him. Was was uh, he your boss or your no, were you we, his boss? It, I we worked together in the same room. He was the stockroom manager, and I was the purchasing manager, so we were on equal footing. But I was his backup, and he was mine, vice versa. So we had a very close working relationship for 20 years, and I was the one that found him, and it, I'm still in a state of shock. Oh, you, f- you found his body? Yes. Oh, Lord, that, uh, that just had to be an awful experience for yes, you. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm taken aback by your having said that. Aaron, they, he was described as being all business, but <laughs> apparently that was not Who the case. Who described him that way? <laughs> I think yeah. Mary or somebody, and one of, one of the things that we've heard said that Jerry was, when he, at his oh, job, well, he was he all business. Well, he takes his work very seriously. Yeah. He does not like to let anybody down, but he also wanted people to have a good time and not to take life too seriously. Yeah. So he loved the jokes and all of the other things. Mike, I was interested in the reaction, when, the reaction when I said he was all business. Everybody said, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, he, was, he definitely was fastidious about his work, but, you know, he still was – he was loose. You're talking about a story of some strange stuff. He used to have a there, – there was a Curious George with a fez, a little plastic one that he would put on top of the baffles in the studios here. And I would come in – when I were I was on the air and move it around and put it somewhere else and then I'd come back in later and he would have moved it someplace completely different. So 
Okay. I, I think we can hear that vo- voice one more time now. I, I seem to see that we have a clip here of the very last uh, ID that he did, station identification on May 4th. You're listening to 90.7 KWMU, St. Louis Public Radio, 90.3 WQUB, Quincy, and 88.5 KMST, Rala. We're broadcasting in HD from the University of Missouri-St. Louis at Grant Center. There's a little taste of uh, Jerry Rohde that many people will remember. We're going to have to end it there. I want to thank you all so much for being with us. Mike Schrand of St. Louis Public Radio, Aaron Garrity, and Jan McDermott with Washington University. Thank you for being with us and helping us remember Jerry Rohde. Sure, appreciate it. (laughs) Not to be forgotten, exactly. By the way, we need your help for Tuesday's program. We'll be talking about bicycle safety in light of St. Louis's newly launched Bike Share Initiative. Have you used one of the new Lime bikes? Do you feel safe on a bicycle in St. Louis? Leave us a voicemail at 314-516-6397. That's 314-516-NEWS. Or send an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. Programs produced by Alex Hoyer, Evie Hemphill, and Lara Hamden. Production assistance from Aaron Doerr and Charlie McDonald. Executive producer, Mary Edwards. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>